Hi, and welcome to the Virtual Inspiring Podcast with me, your host, Rachel Botfield. This podcast is for virtual assistants, aspiring, new or established. It's a place to celebrate VAs, their journeys and the supportive community we are all part of. I hope you enjoy listening. Hi, and welcome to the episode. Today I'm here with Rosemary Callender. How are you today, Rosemary? Good, thank you. So, Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's great to have you on here. I'm really looking forward to hearing your story, especially as I know now that you've evolved from a virtual assistant to a podcast manager. And obviously, I love all things podcasting. So let's start at the beginning. Um, kind of what made you choose to become a VA? So for me, it wasn't planned. I very much was, I started as a virtual assistant in September 2020. And my first client, I still work with her now. She is what I would call a pro podcast guest. So she's been on 40, 50 odd podcasts as a guest in the last 12, 13 months. And back in, I think it was October, October, November, I started repurposing her episodes for her. So pulling social media quotes, um, transcribing them, that kind of stuff. And I suppose with anything, you kind of start to think, well, actually, how does a podcast come about? Because before I used to listen to podcasts, but I never really gave it much thought. I just thought it's an app on my phone. It just appears. So I kind of just did some research. And, you know, I'm sure you've been there. You go down that sort of Google rabbit hole, reading all this stuff. And I was like, oh, this is too much. Came across a podcast manager course. So I did that over the Christmas New Year period. And yeah, sort of, not sort of, definitely pivoted my business in January 2021. I still have some VA clients, but they've all got podcasts. So it's a really, really nice um, blend. Is that Lauren Wrighton? Yes, Lauren Wrighton. Yes, yes. It's very, very good. I love her podcast. I came across it. um, I think I must just have been looking in my podcast app and I came across her podcast manager. I love all her episodes and I've connected with her on Instagram and I mentioned that I, I spoke to you. And yeah. also in my copy college, there's a lady called Linda Stevenson and she's done it as well. I think you might know yes. she's from New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah, I know Linda. Yes, yeah. yes, in yeah. Australia, but yeah, I know Linda yeah. as well. Yeah. What a small world. <laughs> I know, I thought that because she's going to come on the podcast as well. And when we oh, were cool. talking in the copy college, we're the only two kind of podcast managers. And when I mentioned it, she was like, oh, I know Rosemary and Lauren. So I was like, oh, that is a small world, really. Like, four people that are connected. Yeah, that's (laughs) so strange. Like, four, well, you know, UK, New Zealand, Zealand, and America. America. That's so crazy. It is crazy, but yeah, yeah, I love her podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So little shout out to Lauren there. Uh, What do you love most about being a virtualist? Well, when you were a virtualist, what's the thing that you love most? And then also now running your own business, really. That's a very, very good question. I say that because I thought to myself, I couldn't sleep last night. It was just too hot. I'd been bitten. So I was just, I was all over the place. But I say all that to say that my mind started to wonder. And I started to think about, you know, where I've come from, where I am now. And I think becoming a VA was natural because, you know, I started off, I've got like 15, 16 years as a personal assistant, executive assistant. So it was natural for me to move that into the online space. But by golly, (laughs) it's not easy. It really isn't easy. I am obviously used to supporting one or two senior people, but I won't say that I'm rubbish because I've still got VA clients now. 
But I did struggle with, I'll put my hands up. Guys, we've got to put our hands up and admit when we're not good at something. I'm good at what I do now and that's what counts. But I was not good at juggling six, seven, eight different clients who are all, you're doing all different stuff for them. Like it's very minimal overlap. I was literally doing lots of different stuff for lots of different clients. And I would read in Facebook groups where people are doing the same and it's selling. And I was like, I don't get it. Like I would forget or I didn't feel like I was putting my best foot forward because, you know, I would jump from doing email marketing, then to social media and then to inbox or calendar. And in the evenings, I was just absolutely knackered. And it took me a while to realize why that was. And that's, I, I do believe that that played an instrumental role in me pivoting my business. Because as you know, whilst podcast management has lots of different components, each component can take a bit of time. So show notes can take 30, 60 minutes. Editing can take up to four hours, for example. Um, But back in the VA days, I could spend 10, 15 minutes checking someone's inbox and replying. And then I'm over to like social media scheduling for 30, 45. And then And my brain was just not used to, I guess, jumping quite so much. But things that I really enjoy, and I still enjoy now from having my own business, VA, podcast management, whatever it is, I work primarily with female coaches. And I just, I love coaches. They help people. I like to think that I love to help people. So it felt like a a natural fit. But then also... I don't know if you know, but there's like a coach for everything. Like literally, yeah. there's a coach <laughs> for everything. And with each client that I've had, I've just learned new stuff. And that's what my business is all about. Part of my mission, part of my vision is all about working with people who inspire me. I know just before we started recording, we were talking about, you know, the challenge that we were on and just being surrounded by these, these different female entrepreneurs it really inspires you and gets you revved up to really take your business to the next level and that's what I really enjoy most about you know well there's other things like flexibility and freedom and if I choose to work at midnight you know no one's going to tell me off because I'm doing my own thing but yeah just the, the clients that I work with it's just absolutely amazing definitely and that's great that like you say you've niched down to female coaches they share your values and you have an affinity with them with your own business I think that it's really great to be able to to shape it towards that audience you people that you love to work with and that is the beauty of having your own business you can choose who you'd like to work with and what you want to do so yeah I think that like saying your business evolving you've evolved into something that you now feel comfortable with and that you know you can do your best at. I can see it, it'd be quite difficult. It is jumping from that many different, because there is such an array of things that you could do for somebody. You know, it's mm-hmm. the, the the scope is massive. So it is, mm-hmm. and it just takes a bit of time to find exactly as well what you, because sometimes you come into the business thinking that you should know everything and yeah. it is okay not to know everything and you're never going to know everything. Yeah. And I think that you need to give yourself, I mean, I've been guilty of this as well, looking at other people and thinking, well, they're there and where should I be or what should I be doing? Should I be offering that? But I think it's important to kind of stick to your own path. How did you first hear about VAs? You know, you talked about it being a natural progression from what you were doing before, but where where did you first come across virtual assistants? So 
obviously with the pandemic, we all started to work from home March. And I just really started to like it. I was like, oh, I can get used to this. But I knew that in my job, they wouldn't allow me to because one of my responsibilities was office management. Yeah. So of course, how can you manage an office sitting at home five days a week? So I didn't, I didn't think that was realistic. So then what happened? Yeah, my boss irritated me, essentially. <laughs> he really wound me up one day. And then late one night, I was still like really quite irritated. And I started looking for a virtual PA job and was in Reed and VA came up. This VA course came up. I was like, huh? What's this? So I just signed up for, you know, they do these evergreen masterclasses and the masterclass was the following day. So I just took part in the masterclass and yeah, that was the following day at like 8 a.m., 9 a.m. And then by the time it was finished, I'd signed up. She gave us a code, which took a bit of money off. So I signed up and that was the Thursday. And I did the course over the weekend and then spent the last three weeks of August just getting set up. So yeah, that was kind of my, I didn't really know VA. I was looking for virtual PA and sort of landed on this on this course. So yeah, yeah, and that really that really set me up for the business side of of being a VA, like contracts and invoices and all that kind of stuff. That was quite good. Yeah, I I started doing a bit of research and I think I wanted to just find jobs I could work from home and then kind of some transcription and things started coming up and then some virtual assistant courses. I think it was Joe Monroe, the VA handbook was, was the first. Ah, well, I was recommended yeah. that. And then once I started that, it was kind of like was lots of over. things really yeah. <laughs> started going everywhere. What do you think is the hardest challenge you've had to overcome in becoming a virtual assistant and starting your business? Oh, just one. Yeah. I know for me, I think mindset mm, perhaps or something. You know, Yeah, something. I was going to say that. It's it's lots of things with mindset, even just with mindset, actually. There's the shift from employee to entrepreneur mindset. There's the mindset of, we talked about it a bit already in terms of comparison. Like yeah. we love to compare ourselves to people that have been out there doing it for three years when you're at zero months. It just doesn't make any, it just doesn't make yeah. any sense. <laughs> but when you're starting out, yeah, you can't help but look at other people there's a lot of um, lack of confidence mm. in terms of pricing. I mean, even now, 10 months on, pricing drives me nutty. It's like, this is my package. <laughs> Why can't you just pick the package? No, most people don't do that. They always want some variation and you sit there scratching your head trying to work out what the price is. So yeah, that confidence in terms of pricing. I, I don't know about other people, but... If you do have the means to do so, I would recommend getting a coach as soon as possible after starting. I did within my first month. She did like a four-week masterclass for VA. She was a VA coach, um, $25 for the four weeks. And like halfway through, I was like, right, I want to work with her. And she was absolutely fantastic. She, We worked together for three months and she just really helped me get over myself. Like I would have wobbles and I could just WhatsApp her or send her a voice note or whatever it would be. Yeah, so if you can afford a coach, obviously do your research. Don't go with any really nilly person. Just do your research. Pick one that's, you know, financially for you, 
you gel with them. You feel like, you know, they know their stuff. Because I think without Christine, I wouldn't be where I am now. She just gave me that confidence, that support. I still had my job at the time, but still it was something brand new. I never thought I'd own my own business. I was like, what am I doing? I set goals and she was sort she was like my personal cheerleader. And one thing that she told me quite early on that every time I get a bit, I always have her voice in my head and that's get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And it's so, I know it's a bit of a cliche comment or phrase, but it's so true Like you have to put yourself out there. You've got to do things that you're not comfortable doing because you've got to push yourself. You're you, you're your business. So if you don't push yourself, no one else is going to do it. So I've always got her voice sort of in, in the back of my mind when I'm like, even if, as you know, I'm doing my own podcast later this week and she was in my, she was in my voice. And then we got on a Zoom and she's like, yeah. And I hadn't told anyone else. And she was like, yeah, no, you've got to do it. And then it just kind of made me feel, yeah, I've got to do it because she knows me. She knows me well. And she's always been there with like client issues. So yeah, I think if you're able to, a coach is definitely the way forward. Yeah, I've recently, one of my friends is um, training to become a coach. So she has to do her hours to to obviously part of her training. So um, I've been getting some coaching sessions from her, which have really helped. I wanted to work a bit about um, my confidence around so when you think about you starting a new business I was thinking right you're starting from scratch you're starting from zero but of course you're not you're bringing all of your knowledge with you and I was really guilty of just thinking well I can't do that I've not done that but actually yeah. working on um, and I think um Chantelle from my copy college that I'm doing at mm-hmm. the moment she talking about we normalize our own experience or our own skills because we assume that everyone else has that knowledge, but they don't. So it's, it's it was a really great reminder and some of the things that we're doing to actually make me think, and I've really started calling myself out on it now so that you think, actually, that's great that, you know, don't wipe out everything you've done up until this point, which I yeah. think is something that is so easy to do because you just think, oh, I'm so new at this, but actually you probably got a lot of skills that you can draw on and, you know, use going forward in your business. That is such a, that's a good point, actually. And one that I need to address because in terms of challenges, that was a big one. Like I started, I'm a new VA, I'm a newbie VA. And I mean, I cottoned on quite quick. It was still within a couple of weeks, two, three weeks by myself. So I wasn't with the coach then. And I was like, what are you talking about? No, you've got 16 years as a PA, you're just bringing it into the online space. So I cut that down because that could really weigh on you. That could really totally change your whole mindset. So I was glad to, no matter if you're new to the VA space, you have skills, like you said, you're bringing something. The rest you will learn as you go along. So don't discount yourself because especially in terms of potential clients, there's some that specifically don't want new VAs because somewhat wrongly, they think that there's going to be a level of training. So immediately you've cut yourself off from their list because you've called yourself a new VA when you're not. Because if if you're a marketing VA and you've just done five, six years as a marketing coordinator or whatever the job title might be, no, that person, you've both lost out. Yeah. Because client sees you as a, a new VA, so you're new to marketing. 
when actually you're not. So yeah, that's a very, that's a, that, I mean, it didn't take me very long, but it's a big disservice that we, we do as service providers, we bring onto ourselves, just putting ourselves in a box and having people, it's natural for people to judge. So yeah, when you put that label on yourself, you're just putting yourself in this box that clients find easy to leave you in that box. That makes sense. Yeah, it's it's part of the the mindset thing as well. Um, yeah. Obviously, it is always nerve wracking or you know daunting starting your own business. And in the sense, you might be new to the virtual world or new to the business. But like yeah. you know, just have to remember to draw on it. You've talked a little bit about um, what services you offer your client. Do you want to go into a little bit more detail about the kind of podcast or packages that you offer? So I offer a full suite of podcast launch and management packages. Um, Some launch clients, of course, do become management clients. I love launches. It really draws on my strengths. What I love doing, it's all about planning and coordination and looking ahead. So I really do enjoy the launches. Um, And then in terms of actual stuff, I I do it all really. So editing, show notes, transcription, They're my top three services, putting, you know, creating your web, not website, the page on the website, not the entire website, (laughs) um, and putting the, putting the episodes on your website. I've worked with a graphic designer to do the graphics because I just know (laughs) it's not my (laughs) zone of genius. I've got a package for graphics. I can schedule them onto your platforms. I can send out your newsletters to your to your email list it really everyone always is looking for something different but of course editing is a top contender along with uploading it because if you're editing you could as well remove that stress from the client at the same time um but yeah full full suite of services at the moment and my clients are able to build we touched on it a little bit earlier even though I might have packages on my website those aren't set in stone. They're able to build their own package based on what they need. Yeah. You know, because a friend of mine asked me um, the other day, it's like, what exactly does a podcast manager do? And I was kind of mm. thinking, well, it does, it, it can vary depending on your skill set. So I yeah. know that, um, and Lauren talks about this in her podcast, well, you don't necessarily have to edit as a podcast manager. Nope. So you could just manage the aspect, manage yeah. all aspects of it. So you've got scheduling, guest research. Um, yeah. All of those types of things. Yeah, pitching it. You could even be helping them with a marketing strategy for their their podcast, for their launch. You could even go into that kind of detail. So, because I I remember having this little thing thinking, well, this is what I do. What what is everybody else doing? So, no, just concentrate on what you're offering. But there is, it is, it can, like you say, it can vary as well, which is, I think it's quite great that, that there's such... A lot of different options out there. Like you say, you can add things and take things away. So you can yeah. just see what exactly they're looking for in somebody to help them with their podcast. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think if anyone was listening to this and thinking of niching as we have, don't kind of think, because I did it. I knew when I when I was doing the course in December, I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm gonna have to outsource editing. But at the same time, I was kicking myself because editing is where not necessarily where the money is, but because it takes up so much of someone's time, it is the one thing that you can charge a certain amount of money for. Because, and it's a skill within itself. Like editing takes time to learn and to perfect because you're taking something raw and giving them like a lovely wrapped in a bow. <laughs> yeah. Podcast episode. But then I got my first client within two weeks of doing 
Oh, wow. That's amazing. I don't think I even finished. I still haven't finished Lauren's course. I just dip in and out when I need stuff. But yeah, a couple of weeks into January, I got my first client and um, her course just really set me up. Like I said, I was able to go back and make notes and it just really set me up. And I started editing and I was like, oh, this isn't too bad. (laughs) And now it's one of the things that I quite enjoy. Obviously, like a two hour episode is a bit I've not done that. Thank goodness. But the longer the episode, the more tedious it can become. But I never really thought of myself as creative and editing allows me to kind of add that badge to my to my belt, so to speak. But yeah, I think what I like you said, what I love is that you can do what you like. So, yeah, if there's a client that wants everything, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just outsource what you don't want to (laughs) do. It's absolutely it's great. Yeah, the, I um uh, the editing part is my my favorite part of the of the podcast. Yeah. So kind of way back when at university I was wanted to get involved in production and obviously never ended up in my career. So Yeah. when my friend gave me the opportunity to edit her podcast, it was something that I thought, "Oh yeah, I can do that." And going back into Audacity and thinking, "Oh, I recognize all of this and yeah. you know, going back and cutting it and um well luckily I also have a professional sound engineer for a husband, so he is super yes. helpful. <laughs> In helping me with any other queries <laughs> I have, and yeah, so that's that's a little extra that I've got there. <laughs> um, have you got any client testimonials you'd like to share with us, with the audience, just to see show how important your role is, or any particular? I don't want to say favorite clients and upset your other clients, but you know, a particular launch that you found resonated so, with you, really? Yeah, that's a really good question. I so yes I do have testimonials they're not necessarily to hand in terms of the clients that I like to work with I like to work with female coaches as we mentioned but women who are ready to take action so they want to start a podcast or they've already got a podcast and whichever it might be they're just ready to take that leap give it to someone else work with me I'm not a fan of chasing people for stuff. (laughs) That's one of the the downsides, I think, of being in a, we're not in a support, in a service provider, because you're providing a service, I guess. But I just love clients who are ready to take action, who, who are committed to their podcasting journey. So they see it as a long term thing as opposed to do a two episodes here, do two episodes, and it just gets, and they're dipping in and out. Um, so I've loved, I've worked with some lovely people. I've done a couple full launches. I've done, I then created like a mini launch. Again, you kind of have to go with what the people, what the clients want. So I've yeah. done mini launches. I have had one client who, even though she, it wasn't a full launch, she, she was, she's absolutely lovely. She's a florist so she's got a a flower farm I forget where in the UK but she launched we launched two podcasts at the same time so one from a business perspective and one on a consumer perspective and the business one is in the marketing category and within 24 hours she had surpassed Amy Porterfield and Nick Pigeon she got to number one within 24 hours and and saw me very much as being the person who was detrimental in making in making that happen and I don't I don't know about you but sometimes as service providers we we kind of like oh, yeah it's okay you did the work kind of thing 
but we are Dutch and we are quite important pieces of their team. So it was really quite nice of her to, to give that feedback. In terms of other testimonials, I have this Facebook. I have, well, I'm everywhere, but Facebook, <laughs> I do tend to troll through some of the, some of the groups. And I remember it was very late because a lot of my clients, even as a VA, are from America. I think it's just the groups I tend to find myself in. Mm-hmm. And it was very late one night, say 11 midnight. And long story short, this lady's, I answered this lady's cry for help. She'd gone on a two week holiday, had given her episodes for a launch to an editor and came back from a holiday and the lady had gone poof, disappeared. And her launch was in a couple days. So I just essentially answered her cry for help. So, you know, let me know if you want to connect. And we did. And I was able to get her episodes turned around within 48, I think it's 48, 72 hours or so. And I loved, I loved that about her because, you know, she was just ready, just Yep, make a decision. It doesn't have to be me. You don't have to choose me. But I just love when people are action takers, decision makers. Like, let's do this. Let's get it done. What do you need from me? And they deliver so I can deliver as well. And her her testimonial was very much around, she couldn't have done her launch without me. The person that she'd hired had kind of just left her in in the wind. That sounds awful to come back to. Yeah. And I think, yeah, she came back to, she came back from holiday but at the same time, during our holiday, I think she had touched base halfway through, hadn't heard back. But as the days had gone by, obviously you're now thinking about it. Yeah. But because you're on holiday, you try not to reach out. And then she came back and just wasn't hearing anything back from her. So that was a really lovely testimonial. And then I then gave her a... Um, editing tutorial I provided her with an editing to showed her how to use audacity to edit so that she could go away confident in kind of maintaining the same quality of audio so she was absolutely lovely and there's other sort of um clients here and there but yeah I just love working with people with women who definitely coaches who are just ready to just let's just get stuff done Definitely. It sounds like you've had some great experiences with clients uh, as well, had some yeah. lovely clients and getting some amazing feedback. So that must uh, warm the cockles of your heart, having those nice yeah. feedbacks as well. It's always nice. It's hard. I Like you say, you kind of dismiss some of it, don't you? It's almost like you're quite hard to take a compliment and, and how stuff. But it is it is nice to, to sit in that a few times and think, yeah, you yeah. know what? I've got that. Well, you can listen to their episode and think, I got that out there for them. That's a real, really nice achievement to be able to do. Yeah. I remember my first launch. Obviously, the client didn't know it was my first launch. Like, you don't broadcast that information. But I remember my first launch, just looking, like, opening the Apple Podcast app and just seeing it there. And I was like, (laughs) it's just, it's such a weird feeling. It's pride. It's excitement. It's anxiety. It's so much wrapped up in those few seconds. But yeah, there's there's definitely and then being able to, as you as you will know yourself, doing one for yourself and seeing it. That's also similar feelings, but also different feelings as well. It's just really, it's really, really weird <laughs> to know that you've done it and it's out there. It's out there on Apple, on Google, on Spotify, wherever it is that people listen to podcasts and. Anyone from the billions of people in the world can listen to it. it if you think about it too deeply, it'll freak you out. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> know yeah. Yeah, there are. It is. Um, well, my one's this, not this this episode, but the podcast being released tomorrow. 
in the first mm. episode. So I have been nervous and excited in kind of equal measures. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> um, have you got any advice or tips for anybody starting out as a virtual assistant now? I would say be ready. And I say that because the entrepreneurial journey is not a straight one. <laughs> I think, I don't know if you've seen that graphic. I might have shared it on LinkedIn, but it's not a straight line. It's like middle down, right up to the top, come back down to the middle, then flip back up. It's just you, you're up and down in any given day, in any given week. So just be ready. It's not for the faint of heart. You do have to put in the work. You do have to find clients, attract clients, whatever term you want to use. You have to be ready to put yourself out there. You need to tell people what you're doing because usually this wasn't my case, but I don't know a lot of people to be fair, <laughs> but there are people who draw on their family, ex-colleagues, um, friends who tend to be their first clients. And then you, you grow from there. But just be ready to put in the work because I'm in a lot of, well, I'm in a couple of VA groups and I've turned off notifications now because at least maybe five, 10 times a day, you see the same post. How do I find clients? And you just have to be ready to put in the work. You have to be ready to put yourself out there. Like I'm doing things that six months ago, not even six, February, what month was that? Four months ago, the podcast came from a coach. This is a prime example, guys. My podcast idea was planted in my brain as a seed back in February by a coach that I was working with. And I laughed her off and said she was crazy. <laughs> Essentially, I was like, I am not starting a podcast. But she put the seed and I didn't realize the seed was in there growing, developing, whatever word you want to use until randomly one night about, I think it's now six weeks ago. I was like, huh. <laughs> I need to start a podcast because I don't know about you, but I find writing content to be quite difficult, whereas I can chat for England. So it just made sense. I'm a podcast manager. I know the sort of ins and outs and I know how to speak where I don't need to edit much. And it will be good for me to really be in my client's shoes so that I can really on those discovery calls, I can really feel their pain. These people talk about pain points. I don't know about you, but I don't always know what my client's pain points are besides saving time or the tech, all those sort of bish, bash, bosh pain points. I want it to go deeper. So I've slightly gone off on a tangent, but all of that to say, just be ready for the journey. Because for me, every day is a lesson. I learn something new every day. Uh, but most importantly, as we spoke about before, Christine, my first coach, her voice is always in my head, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You've got to put in the work. And as we were talking about before, ideas are always coming, but sometimes you've got to stop yourself and say, right, put that on the, the agenda for December or for August and just focus and, and get a bit of structure. It's not easy, but it's totally worth it. I'm not in any rush. I've had my moments, don't get me wrong, where I'm like, oh, this is going to get a job. We've all been there, but just know that you'll come out of it. Have a strong community. So whether it's a community on LinkedIn or wherever it is that you hang out, have a strong community, whether it's a Facebook group where you can go and vent. I don't know about you, but I'm, yeah. I don't necessarily vent a lot, but sometimes it is also good to see other people's posts, to read them and know that you are not alone. 
Because I think a lot of us feel like we're going through stuff by ourselves, but actually we're probably the millionth and one person. I'd agree with that. I think that the VA community is is really good. I, I've yes. mentioned this before on, on in previous interviews about um, Joe Monroe's VA handbook, because that's great for questions. You can search through there and get lots mm. of answers for questions, which I've done. And Lucy Everett's Clueless yeah. Full Capacity. I love Lucy. Lucy's, I've recorded Lucy. She's coming yeah. on as a guest. So Lucy asks a bit more personal questions and maybe because it's yes. a slightly smaller community, smaller um, yeah. which is really nice. And I think that you do have something out there. And I have like a support group that I've met through my friend, Lisa, who was like my first client and, you know, introduced me to some amazing women. And now we have this lovely little support group and it is really good to find, you know, to find that community as well, because, and even just when you start engaging on LinkedIn or or whatever your chosen platform is, once you start finding people and connecting with them, like, you know, finding, I saw your content pop up in my um, feed one day and then I started following you and then commenting. And then now obviously we've spoken a couple of times and you know had this idea for the podcast and I think that it's really nice to have those connections and I think when someone's doing similar to Lou like you're saying it is it's like when you're a new mum isn't it someone is out there going through the same thing as me (laughs) it it really helps make you feel validated and seen really yeah connections that's definitely it wherever you hang out I mean every platform's different Um, I think LinkedIn is very much about connections. And like you said, you're able to engage with other people. But yeah, Instagram, I'm everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really everywhere. But I wouldn't recommend it because it's very time consuming. But at the same time, I'm doing a bit of an experiment to see what works for me. And LinkedIn was a six-month project. I gave it six months. And yeah, I really started to see it take off in May. And I'm having... Like you mentioned, I'm just having conversations with new people and connecting with new people. People connect with me as well on a daily basis, as opposed to having to go out and add into, and my ideal like coaches, two coaches connected with me earlier today, whether or not they're looking for a podcast, obviously I don't know, but yeah, every, every platform's different, but you have to put in what you want to get out of it as well. Don't just scroll, engage, post content, yeah, I, I'd say that's great advice as well. You you can't, and also you can't just put stuff out and expect everybody to come to you. You have to yeah. engage. I mean, yeah. I have said somebody had talked about even not really posting content themselves, but engaging with yes. people themselves and, po- you know, those, and that really helped them as well yeah. because they're actually putting the work in and it is a little bit of work but I think that once you find those people that you want to attract or find your people or your audience it does become easier and it does I mean I've gone from February to now and I was hardly ever on LinkedIn at all prior to starting my business but Mm. now I really feel like I have managed to grow my connections and I've managed to create some you know genuine engagement from people as well which is really it's really great and it does take a bit of time but but anything yes. good, really, like working in your business, does take a bit of time. Yeah. We've got to give ourselves a break and say, right, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not so, going to happen overnight. And things no. will take time. But the more you do it, the yeah. more accustomed. And then you'll look yeah. back and you'll think, ah, what was I even bothered about? Well, yeah. So <laughs> if I look back from now to when I started, I feel so much more comfortable with it. And I feel, you know, that I've really grown with, with my skills with that as well. So I think that in such a short space of time, so then... Think, oh, where could I be in six months? That's really exciting yeah. to think, where could you be, you know, just yeah. a bit down the line? Although it's hard to see when you're in it, like, yes, out when you first yes. start. I know what you mean. It's exciting to look back, look at now, 
because you can sort of picture what 6, 12, 18 could look like. And even yeah. though it's exciting, it's also a little bit scary. <laughs> but it's good. It's pushing you out of that comfort zone, yeah. like your coach Definitely. says. Yeah. Definitely. Um, have you got a favourite podcast or a blog or somebody you really like to follow on social media? Obviously, apart from this podcast and your own podcast, <laughs> that you'll be able to tell us all a little bit more about after this. Yes. Favourite. In my life, I don't have a favorite one thing because well, I'm just, just greedy. <laughs> <laughs> or what's the maybe, um, even if it's just because, like, my favorite podcast is a film co- podcast. I love watching films oh, cool. and listening about them. It's Kermode yeah. and Mayo's podcast, their film mm-hmm. review. So I love that's my like favorite podcast. Oh, cool. So have you got anything like that that you like to? So I think to? I think for me, obviously, because I'm starting the podcast. If you were to look at my Apple Podcast app. What I've subscribed to a similar in the similar space. One to kind of get a vibe of what other people are doing, so I could try and stand out, but also not to copy because I don't need anyone knocking on my door. But also podcasts around business entrepreneurship. It really depends on where I'm at in my business. So I created my first freebie a couple of weeks ago, so that's got me thinking about an email list. So I've just resubscribed to Amy Potterfield's podcast for example because it's going to be around email marketing um but i love i love podcasts that are very much about business and entrepreneurship and focuses on those practical stuff that we've already talked about in terms of imposter syndrome even just batching like batching your just those practical things that you can do in your business that you would think huh i didn't think of that so there's not any one podcast. Like if I was to pull up my phone now, I quite like, of course, I, I listen to Lauren Wrighton's. I also listen to, I just subscribe to a manifestation one because I'm a bit slightly obsessed with manifestation. <laughs> um, who else? I've got someone called Ruth Gilby. That's a business podcast. I first came across her when I first became a VA. I think I've got one of her freebies. So then I added her to the podcast. Gold Digger by, of course, Jenna Kucher. So yeah, there's, there's a, but they all kind of fall into, they're all, I've just realized they're all women podcasts. There might be a theme here, people. (laughs) And then then of course, That's great, you're living your brand. You're living living it. (laughs) I hadn't, I don't think that was a conscious thing. So I've just realized. But um, You're just drawn to that type of. I'm just, yeah. Yeah, no, most definitely. But yeah, there's lots of, um, podcasting business entrepreneurship so do you want to tell us where we can find you and tell us when your podcast is launching as well yes so my podcast launches on thursday so day after you oh (laughs) um it is six weeks in the making um like i mentioned six weeks ago i was like yep i've got to make it a thing i spent three four weeks coming up with a name it almost didn't happen Um, But then had a call with a coach who gave me that clarity. Uh, So I'm really pleased that it's going ahead. It's called Too Busy to Podcast. And it's for female entrepreneurs who are wanting to start a podcast or already have a podcast. And a bit like me and probably you don't really have the time to go rummaging around Google, finding information in lots of different places. So it was very much, it was born from speaking to potential clients my clients um, around their journey. And it's going to be very much about tangible tips, simple strategies, resources as well, 
and it's probably going to be 10, 15 minutes. Sometimes I'll have a guest, mostly it will be me, but it's just giving people the information that they need so they can go away and implement it. And it's also for the people who might not be in a position where they can outsource people like you and I. Um, But that doesn't mean that I don't want them to succeed in their podcasting journey. Um, So that's what it's all about. In terms of where you can find me, I am everywhere. As I've mentioned, (laughs) my company name is Hands on Virtual Solutions. That will change by the end of the year, but that's what it is for now. So on Facebook and Instagram, it's the same handle, Hands on Virtual Solutions. The podcast has its own Instagram called Too Busy to Podcast website is also going to come soon and my website is of course www.handsonvirtualsolutions.co.uk and I'm on LinkedIn as my name <laughs> Rosemary Calendar. Lovely I will put um, all those details in the show notes as well so if somebody wants to find you they can follow you there and get all your details. So that's lovely. Thank I, wanna... you. I love connecting with people. I know it's exciting I really would like um, hoping people come over to I'll have to connect with you on Instagram as well I didn't know you on Instagram so yes. I will um yes I've everywhere. got the <laughs> we the virtually inspiring podcast is on Instagram as well so yeah we'll, uh, yeah follow me and then I can um I can follow you yeah. guys back fab oh well I've loved talking to you today Rosemary you've got so much information there and your journey has been really exciting that you've managed to evolve it from when you yeah. first started into doing something like podcast management and for me as well it's so exciting that you know you've gone from one thing to this it's just naturally then evolved into something and then you really enjoy what you do and obviously that's yeah. what is most important as well with starting your yeah. own businesses so that's fantastic to hear found, i found my space that's whilst brilliant. i still do va projects and i've got a handful of retainer clients it's different because they all do i do the same thing for them yeah. So I don't feel like I'm being pulled anymore. So yeah, I'm definitely not saying I was unhappy before, but I'm definitely quite content. That's brilliant. And I wish you all the best of luck with your podcast and with the Thank business you. as well. And you too, but I'll see you around LinkedIn and yeah. Instagram. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So that was the show. I really hope you enjoyed it. I would love for you to connect with me on Instagram. My handle is virtually underscore inspiring or like my Facebook page, which is a virtually inspiring podcast. The link to the show notes will be in the description. Thanks again for listening.